Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey folks, it's Matt Zachary, and welcome to Vax On, a weekly segment of my podcast, Out of Patience, right here on the Offscript Media Network. Hey, I'm Alora Nanos. I'm a lawyer, a journalist, a mom of a teenage narcoleptic, and a professional big mouth. Lou and I go back 30 years as best friends, and we're here to have fun and bring you a layperson's guide to what the hell just happened this week in healthcare as America gets its vax on and shows COVID the door. Matt gets me. He knows I'm tired, annoyed, and sometimes pushed to the brink by the intense chaos of our lives right now. We're here together to learn, complain, and include you in the conversation. So join us on Twitter at VaxOnPod and share your stories and grievances using the hashtag VaxOn. Conspiracy theorists and haters shall be neutralized on site. All right, Matt, let's get at it. Matt, how you doing? Hello, Elora. How are you doing? Um, I'm good, but I have a question. <laughs> I noticed you didn't start the interview by saying you hate everyone. No, I don't hate everyone, but I have, this is the show of me having a lot of questions. Okay. And I'm hoping you can help me, you know, go through them and resolve. Okay. I, I think this is my purpose in life. Okay, good. So first question today, I started my day going to the dentist. So oral hygiene, very important. And, you know, I remember the beginning of the pandemic going to the dentist, like we canceled all my appointments and now we're back to having them and it was stressful and now I'm comfortable again. But have you been to the dentist lately? I'm going to the dentist on Friday this week. The show is dropping Thursday. I'm going Friday. So again, we're dentists. We're it's, twins. It's as if we are sick. That's so crazy. Now, have you been there lately, though, where they give you this weird stuff to swish? No, I, I was there three months ago and nothing was abnormal. Okay, well, allow me to report in from South Jersey. My dentist, every time I go, is now giving us this solution that you swish in your mouth, and it is the freaking weirdest thing. It, it looks like mouthwash, but it does some kind of strange shit in your mouth when you when you swish it around, and it like almost turns into gel. It's very strange. And the concept of it is that it, I guess it kills like some kind of germs in your mouth so that the, the dentist like can't catch anything from your open mouth. I mean, it seems amazing, right? Is that like that goo you put in your car to get the gunk out of the the, the cup holders? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, right. I think it's the same concept. Okay. And my, my question is, why weren't they doing this before? Like COVID's not the only virus out there. So if this technology existed in the dental universe, why have we only just now started to do it? I have no response. It's sort of like when you go on a flight and then they, they announce like, good news, we're going to get there early because we made up time. And it's sort of like, why weren't you flying the plane as fast as you can to begin with? Well, there's a line in Frozen 2, which is like, find the box that's waterproof. And Olaf says, well, why don't you just make the whole boat waterproof? <laughs> right. 
exactly. Why don't they just make the whole plane indestructible? So I'm just, I thought maybe you would have an answer, but you failed me. You have no answer on that. I admit defeat. <laughs> I have, however, had a wonderful week and I feel like I have to share this with you since I complained so much. I don't know if you remember me telling you this, but one of my COVID hobbies that I picked up over the whole pandemic was that I learned how to play pickleball. I think you mentioned that in a past show. Yes. Yes. So I'm very, so I'm an athlete now, as you know, I'm and, a, and a kayaker. Kid. Yes. And a kayaker. So it's as if I've transcended my marching band roots. And now here I am ready to shop at LL Bean. And I picked up playing pickleball and now the weather is great and the courts are nice and dry. And I started playing pickleball again this year and I immediately got tennis elbow, but that's not important. I got to take out my gear and my pedals and my cute outfits and I am ready for the courts. Is that your COVID update? That's my COVID update. You're going outdoors again? I'm going outdoors. I mean, I've been outdoors, but I sort of feel like when you pick up a hobby, you know it has come full circle when it is a year later and you're back to the hobby again. You know, like now the weather is appropriate and I am doing it again without prompting. I mean, at least you didn't get more pets. No, I did not. I definitely did not. I don't like pets. So, but um, you have pets. I have cats, but they really don't ask for much from me. Um, I, I don't like anything depending on me besides my children. So I don't have any more pets. My only COVID update this week is, uh, as of this recording, my kids are in school full-time for the second day in a row, and they haven't shut the schools down yet. So Two days and counting. Two days and counting. It's like Fabulous. in the, uh, the, it has been this many days since an industrial accident. You know, yes, we're, <laughs> we're waiting for that. <laughs> Fantastic. And it's going well, and they're happy, right? It's it's a very weird transition to go back full time. That um, obviously they're not used to it. I'm not used. My entire routine is different from what it was, and is different than what it used to be. And you know we're we're adapting. We're adapting on the fly. Yeah, Darwin would be very proud. He loves adaptability. Is that some kind of Galapagos turtles reference? Yeah, I think so. I went to the zoo this week. By the way, hold on. I went to the zoo over the weekend. I went to the Philadelphia Zoo. Saw all the animals. Saw the otters. They were healthy. The famous otters great. of last week's episode of Vaxxon. Well, they were different otters. Okay. These were Philly otters, and I they see. were perfectly healthy. Okay. Um, but yes, they were they were just charming. All the animals looked healthy, and all was good. Was it an otter body experience? <laughs> it was, indeed. But I have I have other good news. I, I, it's time for us to move to our second segment, if that's okay with you. We, should, we need like a barbershop quintet. Second segment or something. <laughs> okay. That would be great. <laughs> that would be great. Um, but I, I have really good news for you. What is that? The news is we don't have to wear masks outside anymore. I just read that this morning as we tape this on a Tuesday. No more masks required outdoors. So we're catching up to Florida. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is great. I mean, this is really great because basically, you know, we've talked before that official guidelines and recommendations will change and have changed. And that's because, you know, the science gets updated, the knowledge gets updated. And basically what they're saying is the estimate for contracting COVID outdoors is something like one in a thousand. And if you're just walking around, it's probably even less than that. And if you're uh, running, let's say, and you're running past somebody very quickly, it's really unlikely that you would be in a position to catch COVID, even if that person that you ran past had COVID. So they're saying there's not really any real reason to wear masks outdoors anymore. But then we get into the argument of quantity of people surrounding you outdoors, correct? If you're in a field, open, central park, no one near you, it's probably fine walking down the sidewalk when with the wind, whatever. But at what point does being outdoors become a crowd 
And is the CDC recommending mask up when there's more than three people near you? For at least from what I've seen, they haven't specifically given like that kind of sliding scale guidance. They've said, you know, in a typical interaction outdoors where you're, I think they're really talking about walking past people. I think if you're talking about a situation where it's a gathering and you're in someone else's close space for extended periods of time, that might be a different issue. But I think that really this guidance is more about walking down the street, passing people on the street, going in and out of stores, going from your car to a store, something like that. Um, at least that's my understanding. And, and I think that what we're going to hear is, you know, we're going to hear a lot of debate about this, about how some people feel that it's very important that as soon as the CDC and all the medical authorities determined that, you know, for most people, we really don't need masks outdoors, people will criticize because they will say, oh, well, you're constantly changing what the guidelines are. And uh, one of the things that I read that really, really spoke to me was someone who said, if we are unable to have a nuanced discussion about COVID measures, then nothing will work. It is very important that we're able to have the discussions, just like you're, you're raising now, Matt, which is, well, what about this? And what about that? And like, it might make more sense to wear a mask in this particular situation, but not in some other situation. And I think we have to be willing to engage in that and do that and think about guidelines in that kind of context. I just feel like there's so many permutations and combinations of various and sundry circumstances under which you have to make it a kind of a value-based judgment, right? Or we're living in Manhattan. People are still going to be like Hatfield McCoy liberals. Oh, the CDC wasn't strict enough. Or, you know, you're not paying too much attention or you're paying too much attention. Yeah, I think people are always going to have those opinions. And, and I'll tell you that mask wearing outdoors is one of the things I have seen the most obvious difference between where I live in suburban South Jersey and in Manhattan. In Manhattan, every single person I see on the street, even if they are not near anyone, is has always been wearing a mask. And I'm always actually um, sort of surprised by it because it's like I get out of my car when I get there and immediately, uh, unless I put my mask on while I'm still driving, I'm like the only one without a mask. And then it takes me a minute to remember to put it on, even though I'm the only one on the street. Where I live, I very rarely see people on the street with masks on or you know, even people taking a stroll outside. It's rare that I see people wearing masks. And um, however, everyone is wearing masks inside. So it's not an issue of like non-compliance or anti-masking. It's just that I think people have decided for themselves that if they're outside, it's not as necessary. Like if they're walking around outside, not near lots of people. So I think we're going to see this kind of period of adjustment as people start to say, okay, well, lots of people are vaccinated and warm weather makes it more likely people are going to be outdoors. So we're going to now wear masks only maybe in crowds or only indoors or something like that. But it's not like leave your mask at home because if you go indoors, you'll need them because they're still going to the private sector is still going to mandate masks indoors as long as the government says so. Yeah, it sounds like we're going to have um, masking policies in private businesses for quite a while. And I imagine we're probably going to have mask mandates indoors uh, for quite a while because, you know, like with anything, it's it's a risk benefit analysis, right? Cost benefit analysis. And what is the cost of putting a mask on your face? Not much. It's not much of a burden. So you might as well just do it to be careful. 
And, you know, maybe it's more burdensome to do that outdoors, or maybe the risk, you know, the definitely the risk is less. So there's no reason to do it outdoors. But if it's like, if we could keep stores open safer by having that policy, like, let's just do that. Um, and in situations where it's probably not as necessary, let's drop it there. I mean, to me, it seems like very good sense. It seems like the the restrictions and the guidance is moving in conformity with, you know, what the science is saying. So for now, as of today, I think that song from Avenue Q, but only for now, right? No masks, <laughs> outdoors, I'll take it. What's next? So other good news, we have good news today. Um, and I'm going to give you this piece of good news and I'm going to warn you, there's some bad news coming up in the next segment. Um, so just take that warning and do All it. All right, so we're will. taking the high road and going way down afterwards. Yeah, we're going to go way down. But first, we have good news. Johnson & Johnson vaccine is back. So that's good, right? Welcome back. To, we need to uh, cure the uh, Welcome Back Cotter opening theme song. Yes, exactly. J and J, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back, J and J. And I like kind of like it sounds to me. And, and again, I'm not there. I'm not a medical professional. I'm not there on the front lines of how they make these recommendations and such. But here's what it sounded like to me when I from what I read. They looked at it and they were like, "Guys, it's one in a million. It's fine. <laughs> Let's not worry about it." Which is exactly what we said. You know, it was like they're not going to stop anything because of something that's that rare. Um, you know, not to minimize the effects that maybe a few people did have, but they just were like, listen, that's not enough for us to stop it, given the immense benefit for all the people getting the vaccine. Well, the one in a million obviously is like that's very, very low risk. But for some reason, there's misperception that there's more fear around lower risk. And the argument to be made that, you know, one in a hundred women on the birth control pill develop blood clots. And most of the people that face the blood clots with J&J were young women. So is it fair to square those two risk models together? I think that uh, in the game of medical statistics, I just think it's like there's no winners in that game because it's so difficult to do that. Because even when you hear uh, this risk is one in 100, this risk is one in 1,000, this risk is one in 10,000, I think that as a non-medical professional, um, and maybe even for some medical professionals, it's very difficult to really conceptualize what that means. It's not like you can calibrate your fear. Like you don't go to your fear meter and say like, okay, I'm gonna turn it down to one in a million or turn it up to one in 10. You know, we get nervous and we hear these statistics and like we're kind of like, I don't know, I just hope it's not me. Um, you know, so I feel like I'm sure there are guidelines in play for the FDA that dictate when they can say this is a de minimis effect versus when this is a major risk and we have to calibrate for it. Is it de minimis, the capital of Syria? <laughs> you know, that's one of my all-time favorite legal Oh, wait, terms, that's though. Damascus. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just love saying de minimis. I, I thought maybe I could sneak that in there and you wouldn't call me on it, but... <laughs> Lawyer. <laughs> I love that one, though. It's right up there with ex post facto. Or ipso facto, right? Ipso facto is even better. And, and ab I like sua sponte above all of them. How that, about that means when the when the court just brings something up on its own, like absolutely nobody said anything and the court just brought it up. That's or that's like sick happened. transit Gloria. Did we just get into a light in the clenching <laughs> war? Let's get back on track. What are we up to now? All right. Time to make some money, Matt. And here are some ads.
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And moving on to our third segment. Third segment. So in today's chapter of The World Outside Your Window, it's time to check in with some kind of grim world news. Um, Matt, have you heard what's going on in India? I was listening to NPR this morning, and from what I am to understand, because I have not been paying attention to the world outside my window, is that a couple of weeks ago, they were at an all-time low and everything was wonderful, and then all of a sudden... They're the worst spiking in the world with half a million new cases. I'm making those numbers up, but what what are the facts? Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's that's kind of the the rough lines of it. Um, you know, earlier this year, the prime minister uh, made all these announcements and and held campaign rallies and encouraged people to gather um, and and basically said like, hey, COVID's over. And um, the Indian Health Ministry is reporting 320,000 new cases and. 2,771 deaths just on Tuesday, just, uh, just today. on Tuesday, today of this recording. It's really bad. And, and we're hearing that because of um, funeral pyres going on at, in parking lots and city parks, there are actually some signs that it's possible that India's overall death count is actually a real undercount, which is terrifying. And I know we've talked about undercounting COVID deaths in the past, that that's kind of a that's a thing. And I think it's a thing that happens often in pandemics generally. Um, and it's happening certainly a lot now. The numbers are staggering. How do you actually measure 320,000 new cases in one day? That's massive infrastructure. Well, I mean, just for context, let's remember, India has a population of 1.3 billion people. Um, so it's not as if it's, you know, that many cases in like, you know, New Jersey, but it still is a staggering statistic. You know, we also have the situation that, that India is relying in some cases on the AstraZeneca vaccine and all signs point to them not having enough of the vaccine. Also, there's lots of information that India doesn't have enough treatment. So we're seeing other countries around the world help by supplying with oxygen and with, with vaccines and with 
essentially everything we can do to help. But it really is a big problem. And, you know, we, we need to pay attention. You know, there's nothing that, that really we can do from our homes about this. But I think it's important to just know that this is what's happening uh, across the world. Yeah, I, India manufactures most of the vaccines for the world right now, too. It's kind of a sad irony that they can't somehow repurpose it for their own internal use. But, you know, I think only maybe two or three percent of the country has been vaccinated as of this recording. I do remember hearing that this morning on NPR. But, yeah, this is by the way, folks, there are other countries besides the United States that we have to worry about because we should worry about them. But also that we hope that this does not pose a greater risk for us to have to start wearing masks again in six weeks. Absolutely. Because, I mean, you know, I I think that one of the things about the pandemic that really stood out in my mind, and I'm thinking back last March, back when we were paying attention to what was happening in Italy, and we were really looking at Italy and and thinking about it um, in a way that I don't ever remember thinking about Europe in the past, feeling so, so connected and feeling so worried that what was going on there was an immediate precursor to what would happen here. And I think that that I certainly have never felt more globally connected than I have during this past year. You know, I'm somebody that I, I you know, I travel, but I, I don't travel all the time and I haven't done a tremendous amount of international travel. And I don't remember another time where I was looking at world news and feeling so united with the rest of the world in dealing with a common enemy in this virus. You know, it, it, I think it changed. It, I think it changed me in terms of the way that I consume international news. And, um, and I'm sure I'm not alone in that. So our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone in India for a turnaround quickly, swiftly. We're praying for you guys. Absolutely. But onto something completely opposite and inane, we have to talk about the Battle of the Joshes. This is the greatest story. I love this. And this is one of those things that could only be born of pandemic boredom. This has no social impact or purpose to life as we know it. It's just a... You will not be better educated at the end of this. Yes, this is going to lower your IQ, but it's worth it. I love it, though. So listen to this. So this guy, he was 22. His name is Josh Swain. Back a long time ago, like in the beginning of the pandemic, he was bored like the rest of us. And instead of making a sourdough starter, Josh decided he was going to create a Facebook group with all of the people that had his same first and last name. So how many Josh Swains are there in the world? There were something like, I think there were 20. There was like, (laughs) he emailed like 20 people with his same name, which I just think is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. And, And I have to say, before I even tell you what happened, like this really hits home for me because, you know, no one ever has my name. So, so I couldn't do this. This isn't something that I could do. This is something you could do, I guess. There's probably other Matt Zacharys in the world. There is a adult book author named Matthew Zachary. I, I shit my listeners not. You can Google Matthew Zachary author. Ain't me, but you he's sure? there. It's fantastic. So, but I feel like I want you to do this because it's so great. So this guy, he starts a Facebook group with all the people that have the same name as him. And he says, we're going to have a battle in Nebraska. <laughs> And the battle just happened the other day. So we're going to have a battle. And whoever wins the battle gets to keep the name. And everyone else has to change their name. You have one year to prepare. Good luck. Wait. So 
like 25 guys named Josh Swain showed up in Nebraska for a fight this weekend? Well, so here's what happened. I think only one other person with the exact same name, one other Josh Swain came. But then also his message went viral and 50 other Joshes showed up, as did, are you ready for this? 950 witnesses. Wait, so spectators showed up like that baseball field with Kevin Costner? Yes, exactly. They built it and they came. So like, here's what happened, right? So they get there. So there's two battles going on. One is between the original Josh Swain and this other guy also named Josh Swain. And then the second battle was among all the Joshes. And that was a pool noodle battle. So 50 plus Joshes whose last name was not Swain. Yeah, it was just random Had Josh. a pool noodle battle in Nebraska. Yes. And the two Josh Swains had a rock, paper, scissors battle. So this is the end result of COVID loser shitness. But this is what I love. It has such a great story. So the original event creator... He won the rock, paper, scissors battle. He got to keep his own name. Hooray. And there, a, a four-year-old, Josh Vinson, he was affectionately dubbed Little Josh. He was crowned the winner of the pool noodle contest. But wait, there's more. The event raised $12,000 for the children's hospital. And it turned out that the, the little boy who, who won the Josh contest, he had formerly received treatment at that hospital that the event raised money for. That's some pandemic karma right there. Right. Isn't it great? You know, we say it a lot, or I say it a lot, like, oh, I wonder if there's anything we could do just from our homes. Look at this guy. He was like, let me make the world's most random Facebook post. And then it turned into him raising 12 grand for a children's hospital. I think this has been the most roller coasterish ride of Vaxxon ever. We went, we went from you with the dentist to no more masks outdoors to Johnson & Johnson is back to praying for India to the battle of the Joshes. I mean, it's everything. <laughs> what I can't be think better? of a thing. Maybe the otters. We could bring the otters back from last week. But I, I can't even imagine having a more oddly tuned <laughs> version of this show. It's like, I don't know where the show is ever going to get uh, filed and categorized. No. Because it's like something for everyone. It really is. We've well, got Joshes. We've got dentists. We've got Indians. You name it. And my kids are in school. Day two. <laughs> no. You know. Day two, no problems. We'll check back next week to see if your kids are still in school. Yeah, let's see if they're on day seven when we tape next Tuesday. Neither of them is named Josh, right? No, I have no children named Josh. <laughs> you might have to give the name back. You know what? What would have been great is if Josh Brolin showed up. <laughs> and he did not. Josh Brolin, you missed your chance. Seriously. Are there other... Do you, know, do you ever remember in Friends... In the show Friends, that that uh, Rachel, she would always say, Joshua, Joshua. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I think of when I hear the name Josh. And I feel like, oh, look at all these Joshuas fighting it out with pool noodles. Good for them. Dear there COVID. would never be a battle of the Allurus. It would no. just never happen. There's only one. All right, folks. That concludes our broadcast day for this edition of Vax On. Allura Nanos, thank you. I'm Matthew Zachary signing out. We'll see you next week, folks. Don't forget to get your teeth cleaned. Don't wear a mask. <laughs>
Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Alora Nanos. Our senior producers are Brianna Seely and Andrew McDowell. It is mixed and edited by Brianna Seely. Our theme music is by Chair Model. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments, feedback, and make recommendations. For more information, visit offscript.com.